Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. Um, as we sat here today and we were preparing to get ready to record this episode, we were excited and we thought all day how good it is to be saved. How good it is to know Jesus as my personal Savior and have Jesus as my friend. I'm not perfect by no means. I don't claim to be. I, I, I never will be. But Jesus saw me, and in spite of all of the wrong I would do, all of the wrong I have done, all of the wrong I will do, he saw me, he wanted to be my friend, and he loved me and saved me. If you haven't noticed by now, the goal of this podcast not only is to give Christians something to listen to, but also to reach people, but to do it in a very real way. I, I don't edit anything. I don't cut anything. I want you to get this as real and as raw as it would be if me and you, the listener, were sitting in the same room together. Um, so this may be a longer episode. This may be a shorter episode. A- every episode is going to be close to the same length, hopefully. Um, but right now we're in the stages of building into something. We're starting maybe from scratch. As if right now I'm talking to someone who is not a believer and, and you want to know I'm giving you the bare minimum, the most simplistic view of Christianity as possible. We're starting with the main thing, and the main goal in all of this is to reach somebody and, and to introduce them to Jesus Christ so that they can know Jesus like I do. Um, and, and we want to just take this time to, to tell you that we want to make this simple for you. Um, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. Um, and we'll try our best to answer them, or maybe we'll even do another episode. But as time goes on, we're going to build upon the especially last episode and this episode, and it's all going to build off of these two into all the other things, all of the other topics, the uh, conversations that we'll have, the um, the studies that we'll do, different things in life, maybe different uh, topics that people uh, like to like to debate, um, maybe. One of these days, we'd like to get into to creation and, and things like that. And, but before we do all of that, I want to make sure we have a good grasp on the basics. If you're a Christian listening to this, you might think, well, why do I need to know the basics? I've been in church all of my life. So many times, and I was talking to a good friend of mine yesterday, so many times we get, and I told him this, we, we get focused on what I like to call the secondary doctrines, the, the things that are good to know, great to know, um, but they're not essential to salvation. They're not essential to what we do in, in in church, but we get so consumed with them that we forget to focus on the simple things. And, and sometimes we like to take salvation even and make salvation way harder than it needs to be when it's really the simplest thing you can ever do. Um, you know, you look in the... the uh, in the book of Romans, it says in one place that with the uh, with the heart man believeth unto salvation, but with the mouth confession is made. And that's all it is, is knowing you're a sinner, knowing you need something, 
believing on Jesus Christ and confessing it through the Word. And that's really the simplest way that we can put it. When God deals with you, and we'll get into conviction um, and what that is a little bit later, um, but really we, when, you, when you feel God is dealing with you and, and you know that the Lord wants to save you, all you have to do is to pray, pray to God and believe on Him, and He will save you. And, and I know that because not only is that what happened to me, but that's what the Bible tells me so, or, or tells me. The, the song says, Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me so. We've got an interesting twist on today's episode. Um, you're going to notice throughout this, the way that these podcast episodes are laid out, is the way that I see things, the way that I study things, the way that I put things together, and and it helps me, and hopefully it'll help some of you out there as well. Um, but to jump on in and to get on into this, you look and you can find in history some things, and you can find in in some places it all manner of, of things that happen in the in the world and you can take and you can apply them and and me I like to take these things and I, they make something that seems I don't want to call it outlandish but something that seems so far and so distant they kind of bring it back home for me and, and they make it they make it something more tangible that I because it helps my brain understand and this is how my brain works and we're calling this episode today, Get On the Lifeboat. In 1789, a ship ran aground off the coast of England, and the crew died within sight of shore. The tragedy inspired local businessmen to create the original, a 30-foot double-ended lifeboat with 10 oars that could be used solely as a rescue vessel. So here we are, we've got a group of men that are sailing offshore, and they uh, and the ship crashes, and they can see the shore from where they're at. And I'm sure that when people on shore knew about the wreck, went out to find maybe the wreckage, they knew that's where the ship went down. And they thought, if they only had a way out, if there was only a way to save them from certain death, it would change the world. So a group of men got together and they designed a smaller ship that could go on a bigger ship, and it give them a way of escape. It give them a way to get off of the sinking ship and get them to shore with solid ground. Some of you already know where I'm going with this. Then you think about April 15th, 1912. That was the day that the RMS Titanic sunk. Now the Titanic is kind of one of my favorite things in history. I have a lot of, of, of good things and my favorite things in history that I like, but one of my favorite is the Titanic. And yes, it was a very sad situation, but there's so much in it, so much thing. If you, if you look into the people and you look into all the different things, there's, if you can dive into the Titanic and you can study and research the Titanic for hours. We all know that the Titanic was the largest ship at the time. And 
when they decided that they, they had built this ship, they had coined it as unsinkable. They said nothing would happen to this boat. This boat is the best that there ever has been, and just look at what we've done. And here you are, people's ready to get on there, and they're ready to sail from England to, to the United States, and they're ready to set sail. And some of them maybe were looking to go on business endeavors. Some of them were going on a vacation. Uh, some maybe were going to, um, to make a better life for themselves. They wanted a better life. And so some, no doubt, were immigrating from England and Europe and that area over to if you'd have it this way, the new world. At this time, America was booming. They were, they were growing, and there was immense opportunities for anybody that wanted to come there. And so they loaded up 2,224 people, men, women, children, crew members, all loaded up to head to the United States. And as they looked out in front of them at night, they couldn't see, and the watchman would look from the crow's nest and would try to find an obstruction out there and couldn't find it. And all of a sudden, there was an iceberg. Now, we don't have enough time to really get into the specifics, but from the time that they received word on the bridge, they had about... 45 seconds to react, I believe. And that, that could be off by a few seconds. Either way, they had 45 seconds to do something. And if they maybe would have had a few seconds longer, the entire history of the Titanic would have changed. So they sent a command down to the engine room and the boiler room and from the bridge. And um, Back then, they, instead of having radios, they would use like a telegram machine, and they would run these levers, and these levers would send a communication down to the engine room, and these codes that they sent down there would tell them what to do. So they sent them codes, and, and at that time, there was even less of a time to react, to do something to change the outcome. But the outcome was certain death. That being said, we all know that the Titanic struck that iceberg eventually took on so much water that it split in half, and there you are with over 15,000, or not 15,000, 1,500 people dead. 710 people survived. Out of these 224 people on board, 710 of them survived. And the unsinkable ship had sunk. Mr. A.S. Franklin, the vice president of the International Mercantile Marine Company, issued the following statement, and this is from the Manchester Guardian on April 16, 1912. This is the day after the sinking of the Titanic. We have nothing direct from the Titanic, but are perfectly satisfied that the vessel is unsinkable. So here they are, not even knowing what has went on out there, and he's still claiming this ship, that I engineered, that I come up with, is unsinkable. When anything a man does, if a man tells you that he has done something that is perfect and it will never mess up, he's lying to you. I don't care what we do. 
everything we do, we can take and we can even build a house to the fullest extent and say this will ha- this house will stand forever. And you take and you frame that house nine ways to Sunday and you take all the, uh, the, the studs and all the joists and rafters and put them together and you say this house will not fall. You let a good tornado come by and that house will be swept away. There's nothing that a man can do, that a human being can do that can last forever. And if you can prove that to me and you have done it, then, then tell me your secret because I would like to know. But here you are, you have the president or the vice president of the International Mercantile Marine Company, IMMC, saying this vessel that we have helped build is perfectly fine. What he didn't know was at that point, it was too late. It was too late to try to salvage the boat, salvage the wreckage. It was too late to um, to even begin to save all of the passengers on board. And it, it was pretty much, it was pretty much, Unmissable, if you if you take it that way, but we want to focus on one of the fifteen hundred or over fifteen hundred that died for a second. We mentioned that there were some going on business trips. There were some moving, maybe to America to find a job. Some going on vacations. But there was one man was leaving Europe to come preach. In um, in a revival, in a service in America, to reach lost souls for Jesus Christ. John Harper, he was a Scottish Baptist pastor. Him and his daughter and his niece were put on a lifeboat and survived. Well, not him and his daughter, but his daughter and niece were put on a lifeboat and they survived. But Harper stayed behind, being a widower, his wife had died. He may have been allowed to join his daughter, but instead he forsook his own rescue, jumped into the water as the ship began to sink. And then some who survived told that Harper preached the gospel to the end in Acts 16.39. And we'll get to that here in a minute. And they said that, that he kept quoting that scripture over and over and over again, going to everybody that he could, even swimming up to one person, quoting it, and and witnessing to them and preaching to them, trying to get them saved because he knew in his heart and in his soul he was okay. But knew these other people, they may not have a testimony. And he wanted everybody there to have the same thing that he did. Oh, if we would have the same mindset as Christians. Four years after the tragedy at a Titanic survivors meeting in Ontario, Canada, one survivor recounted his interaction with Harper in the middle of the icy water of the Atlantic. He testified he was clinging to ship debris when Harper swam up to him. Harper swam up to him, twice challenging him with a biblical invitation to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. He rejected the offer once. Yet given the second chance and within miles of water beneath his feet, or and with miles of water beneath his feet, the man gave his life to Christ. Then as Harper succumbed to the watery grave, 
this new believer was rescued by a returning lifeboat. As he concluded his remarks at the, at the Ontario meeting of survivors, he simply stated these words. I am the last convert of John Harper. John Harper preached unto the very end and taught unto the very end and witnessed and evangelized to the very end. This goes back to episode one and how we should love people and care enough about their salvation that we love them to Jesus but also let them know that what's going on in their life is very, very bad. And John Harper went there and he began to witness to all of these people and here he is seeing men, women, boys and girls even that is clung on to debris of the ship that are sinking, and he was concerned not with the hypothermia that no doubt was hitting his body, not with the pain that he was feeling, him going numb, and, and all of these things. He was concerned with the soul of someone else. It was a concern that he was going to die. I, I believe that he knew in his heart even his daughter and his niece would be okay. And here he is. He's preaching to this person, slowly dying as he is. And when that man accepts Christ, he begins to succumb to the watery grave. He begins to die and sink into the water as a lifeboat pulls up to save this man. Let's get into the meat. Jesus has given us a lifeboat. This sinking ship that we are on is going to fall. Every empire, every, every great nation at some point in time has failed. If you're counting on, on the government, if you're counting on this world, if you're counting on people, everybody will let you down. There's going to come a day where even the people that you love and that you are closest to are not going to be able to help you. There's one thing that's sure in life. Two things, really. Everybody says two things sure in life, death and taxes. But more so than that, there's, there's one thing that every single person is going to have to deal with. And that's death. Every single, single one of us that's listening now, that will listen in the future, every single one of us is closer today to dying than we were the day before. We are on a sinking ship. Second by second, we are closer to death. And we're going to get more into this in the next few episodes. But after death, there is something. There's a lot of people that don't believe there, there is anything. And, and how sad that is because we, we as Christians and we, we that have read the Bible, we understand and know that there is something after death. I've heard stories of, of people that, that they would lay there and they had never made a profession of faith. And as they were dying and as their ship was sinking, they would cry and they, they were lost and had never been saved. And they began to cry out and say that their feet and their legs were burning. And they went to hell. But then I'm reminded of a few stories I've heard and even one of my own grandmother. She was dying of brain cancer and it was bad. But even she would look up and she knew that there was peace. And she knew that there was something out there 
And she looked, and I believe she even said one time that she saw Jesus. Said that Jesus had came to get her. And you can say, well, it was the brain cancer talking, this, that, and the other, whatever. You can say that all you want to, but I believe that it was her soul speaking through her mouth. And she was on the sinking ship of life, but she had claimed the lifeboat. Grayson, what is that lifeboat? Preacher, what is that lifeboat? That lifeboat is salvation. We talked last week or last episode about sin. And sin is what we're saved from. And this is what saves us from sin. Being born again into the family of God, reaching out and claiming Jesus, and believing on Jesus Christ. And we're going to get more into um, later some of the perks or the benefits of salvation. The Bible says in one place, I believe the writer was talking to the Lord, and he said, how great are the benefits? There's benefits of salvation. You take a job, and you... You get a new job, and you're so excited, and you you think, oh, well, I've got all this paid time off. I've got 401K. I've got retirement. I've got sick days. I've got uh, this, that, and the other. All of that stuff we call benefits. And the better the benefit plan, the better the retirement plan, the better the job in a lot of cases. This is the best benefit package, the best retirement plan that you'll ever receive. So many times we think that that we're impervious, we're invincible to the world. As me being 24 years old now, I see and understand and know now a little bit more than I did when I was a little bit younger, but a few years ago, and even now, I don't think about death. I don't think many times that I am going to die one day, but I assure you that a few years ago, I definitely didn't. I'm. You take me as a 20-year-old boy, I'm thinking I'm 20 and... I've got my whole life ahead of me when in all reality I could die this very next instant. By the time you listen to this recording and this podcast, I could be gone and I could be dead. But I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe that there is a reward waiting on me that is better in front of me than what's behind me. The sinking ship of life that I am on It's going down. There's nothing I can do to stop it, but I've got on the lifeboat. I have life eternal and life everlasting. This is the scripture that John Harper was preaching to each one of them that were dying from the Titanic as he went through. Acts 16.31, this is when Paul and Silas were in prison. They were locked up, bound in chains, and they began to sing praises unto God. And they were in the innermost part of the prison. Now, these prisons were conical in shape. And so they were down at the very bottom of this prison. And as they began to sing, I believe it echoed up through these old prisons. And it echoed up, and I believe that it reached people. And people began to hear it. Then all of a sudden, the earth began to shake. I believe the wind might have blown a little bit. I believe that there was something happening in that jail, and people knew that there was something about to happen. And as the earth began to quake and the earth began to shake, the doors of every cell in that jail opened. And Paul and Silas's chains fell loose, and they went out and they walked up. And they didn't run out to escape. They didn't run out to get away from 
from everybody that was in there. But I believe they walked. And the Bible even does say that they went up to this man. He was a jailer there. And he drew his sword to kill himself because he had thought, surely I have messed up and there's no way that I'll be able to keep my job. I've got a family to feed. I've got all of these things to do. And because these prisoners are going to escape, they're going to kill me, so I'm just going to go ahead and kill myself. And Paul and Silas looked at him and said, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Everybody in that prison stayed in that prison. And this is what Paul said to this jailer. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. This is what John Harper was going to people and preaching. He would say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. I'm here to tell you today, in the year 2023, the answer is still the same as it was in the 1900s, as it was in 1912, as it was in the days of Paul and Silas. The answer to this sinking ship is Jesus Christ. And if you believe on the Lord, thou shalt be saved. It didn't say you might be saved. It didn't say you could be saved. Shout means you will. If you believe on Jesus Christ, you will be saved. That raises the question, what are we being saved from? Eternal punishment in hell. We talked last week about sin. And, and, and a good way to, to describe sin is to say that it's a quick ticket to hell. We've all, because of sin... We all die. The sin that Adam took part of and Adam committed has caused every one of us to be fallible creatures. And, and in Adam, if we stay in Adam, what does that mean? That means if we stay like we are. We all come and descended from Adam. If we stay in Adam, we will all die. But if we get into Jesus Christ and get placed into Jesus Christ and be saved by the grace of God, you'll live. We're being saved from the internal punishment in hell. The Bible says in 2 Thess Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. And when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. The same thing that gives you peace, that gives you hope, that gives you joy, that gives you life everlasting, that helps you escape this awful place called hell, is going to be the same place that if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you'll receive wrath and judgment. Oh, well, why would God do that if He loves me? Why would Jesus do that if He loves me? He loves you, and He wants to save you. But if you turn Him away, if I give you a gift, and I said, I want you to have this, all you got to do is take it from me, and you just looked at me, laughed, turned your back, said I was full of it, and walked away, it would break my heart. 
because I wanted you to have this gift. And, and it does the same thing Jesus does. He wants to save you. He wants to save you from hell. And we've all already talked what causes the punishment that you're going to receive in hell, the, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. What saves you from that is salvation, and what sends you there is sin. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 9 says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the city of Sodom, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should, not, should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them, in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now there's a few things we need to cover out here in this, in this scripture. And, and like we said before, we're barely scratching the surface on some of these things because we could sit here for hours and nobody wants to listen to a podcast episode that lasts six hours long. Nobody has that amount of time. So we'll try to get in maybe deeper as we go, but right now we want to lay some groundwork. And, and we want you to see that there were two people mentioned here, Noah and Lot. Noah was there, and, and the Bible said that the world had sinned against God, had turned its back against God, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah looked up, or, or Noah, God looked down at Noah and found grace, or, or, or saw and give him grace and save Noah and his family from the flood. Well, there's no such thing as a flood. I, Everybody believes, well, I say everybody, that most people even believe that there is a flood. Whether you're secular in your, in your worldview or Christian in your worldview, a lot of people will admit that there was a great flood at some point in time. Some people call it Noah's flood. Some people call it a great flood. Nevertheless, there was a flood, and Noah found grace in the eyes of God. God gave him specific instructions to make a boat to get out so that his life would be saved. Then you've got Lot. Lot lived in, in a city that was ungodly, and, and, and the sin in this city was so bad that even Lot, a righteous man that loved God, that, that, that I believe trusted God with all of his being, it took a toll on him. If you're around a lot of people that are not good for you, you can start and you can be the best person in the world, but the more you get around these people, the worse off you become. And it vexes you like it did Lot. And it takes a toll on you. And you can notice and tell a change 
in your demeanor, in your behavior, in your lifestyle, in your in your daily walk. But Lot give or but God give Lot a way of escape, and Lot escaped that city the, or the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Escape those cities, and God rained fire down onto those cities and destroyed them. God give Lot a way out, and God has given you a way out of sin, a way out of punishment and hell, and I'm here to tell you that you don't have to go to hell. God's give you a way out, just reach out and claim it. We escape that punishment through the lifeboat, through salvation, through the thing that was prepared to save life. It was prepared so that your life would be better and that things would be better and that you wouldn't have to die. Well, does that mean that I'm not going to be put in, in the grave? No, every one of us, the flesh will be put into the grave, but there's something on the inside of us that will live forever. And it's either going to heaven or it's going to hell. And I would rather live somewhere that's peaceful, that's joyful, than somewhere that's bullshitting. All of those people on the Titanic, when those lifeboats were dropped into the water, they had an option and they had a choice to get on that lifeboat. John Harper had a choice to get on the physical lifeboat. He could have gotten on that lifeboat with his daughter and with his niece, and he would have, I believe, survived. But he chose not to because there was a work for him. If every one of us here we're on a boat. Every one of us that's listening, we're on a boat. And that boat began to sink, and they offered us a lifeboat. We would try our best to get on it. We would try our best to be the first one on that boat. So that we could live, so that we could we could have a life after after our cruise, even. After our uh, the sailing of this ship. And we would, we would be rushing to get on those lifeboats. You don't have to rush to get saved. You don't have to, to beat other people to Jesus. Because Jesus sees you, he knows you, and right now, before another second passes, you can call on him and he will save you. Like I just told you, we're not promised tomorrow. Any of us could, could die at any given time. There's some people say, well, I'll wait till I get older. Don't wait till you get older. Because I can guarantee you that having Jesus Christ on your side will be the best decision you ever make. But you've got to make the choice to get on board. There's a there's an ad lib to the end of a gospel song, Old Ship of Zion. And at the very end of it, they just say, get on board, get on board. I'm beckoning you and I, I'm pleading with you, whoever you are that needs to hear this, that you get on board. You give Jesus a try. The reward of salvation is heaven and life everlasting in, in contrast to hell and everlasting punishment. We've said it, I believe, in every episode thus far, which is just three. But here we are in the third episode and 
And we're going to say it again. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on Him would have everlasting life, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans 6.22 says, But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. If you call on Jesus Christ and you ask Him to save your soul, not only will you be made free from sin, sin will no longer have a grip on you, sin will no longer, uh, uh, sin will no longer send you to hell, but you escape hell and you have everlasting life. I'm not going to sit here and to tell you that you'll never sin again. Because I can quite guarantee you that you probably more than likely will. Everybody that's ever lived is full of sin. Billy Graham, the great evangelist that he was, still sinned. John Harper still sinned. Paul Silas still sinned. There was only one person that never sinned, and that was Jesus Christ, and he gave his life for you. You're going to sin. You're still going to mess up. You're still going to have bad days. But if you're saved by the grace of God, you don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to face death alone. And you don't have to be alone in the afterlife. Some of you, if you're not a believer and you're not a Christian, you're probably thinking that I'm crazy. Some shot out that, uh, why would you put all your faith in something that you can't see? Why would you put all of your faith in somebody you can't see? Here's my question to you. Why not try it? If it's not real, if you call on Jesus and you in the right frame of mind, in the right heart, you call on Jesus and you ask Him to save you. And you've tried it, and if it's not real, what have you lost? You've lost nothing. But if you call on Jesus and you find out one day like it is, that or that it is really real, then you've gained everything. It doesn't cost you a dime. You can send me all the money in the world. You can send every preacher, every evangelist, every, um, every faith healer, every pastor, every deacon, every Sunday school teacher, all the money you want to send me. And that won't get you saved. But what will is just believing solely on Jesus Christ because the price was already paid for. The lifeboat has been set in the water. He's beckoning you and begging you to get on. And all you've got to do is to make that step toward Jesus Christ, to get on board, and he will even help you on board, and you will be saved from hell and gain heaven. I'm going to start kind of closing and landing the ship with this, or landing the plane with this. I want to leave you with something. If you're listening to this right now and you don't know Jesus, Wherever you're at, if you're driving up the road, if you're trying to go to bed, if you're working and, and, and 
or if you're just hanging out, sitting around the house listening to this, whatever it may be, if you're in a place and you're listening to this and you feel God is dealing with you and you feel a longing to call out unto God, if there's a desire to reach out unto God and to see if you can obtain salvation, to see if you can be saved. I've heard people say, I've been too bad. You can never do too much bad to be saved. We're going to talk more about Paul later, but Paul persecuted Christians and killed them. Yet, Jesus seen him and offered the same thing to him that he has to me, he has to you, he has to everybody, and saved him, and then used him and placed him into a work. So I beg you, if you feel the need, if you've never been saved and you feel the need to, to be saved, don't wait. Right now, as you're listening to this, call on God. Before we close it out, we do want to pray for just a second. God, we come to you today just as humbly as we know how. Thankful, Lord, for whoever may be listening to this podcast. Thankful, Lord, for our salvation and what you've done for us. Lord, I'm thankful that even on the worst days of my life, and the days where it seems like everything goes wrong, I can still thank you and say and shout to the top of my lungs, thank you, Lord, because I'm not going to hell. Lord, I pray right now that wherever this podcast goes, whoever listens to this, Lord, if they've not been saved, that you would prick their heart and you would deal with them. And Lord, I pray that you'd give them the courage to call out unto you with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, Lord. And I pray that the second they call on you, Lord, that you would save them before it's everlasting too late. Because, God, you know my heart, and I want them to have what I have. Lord, we beg you, God, go to them right now. Lord, abide with them, Lord. Let them know that there's something better. Lord, and I pray for the ones that are saved and listening to this, and maybe in some way, somehow, that it will give us all a drive to do more, to reach more, to witness more so that other people can have what we have. God, I thank you for the simplicity of salvation. How simple it is. How it doesn't take no magic formula. It doesn't take me doing a series of things so that I can be saved. But all it takes is me believing on you. Lord, just go with us now. Lead God, guide and direct us. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. That's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. I, I hope we didn't run rabbits too bad, and I hope it helped you. Tune in next week, and maybe we'll get into some other interesting topics, but the next two episodes we're going to get into are about heaven and hell, so definitely tune into those, and uh, maybe they'll also be a help to you. And if you didn't feel the need to be saved in the last two, maybe these next two will help explain a little bit why Christians really want everybody to be saved. We're not trying to shove it down your throat. We're just trying to help you so that you can have what we have. But that's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. Every one of you, please tune back in. And if you need anything, if you want anything from us, um, just reach out to us. Go go like us on Facebook. Go on the Podbean app. Subscribe to levelground.22. Instagram, levelground.22. And if any of you need a Bible, 
Send us an email, reach out to us, and we'll send you a Bible free of charge. Thank you. Come back and be with us. And as always, stay grounded, my friends.